So this dude came up to me, he was all mad, and he went And I was all like It's going off with Rap Critic and Muse. I was just gonna go Bjork, 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 it is Fork, Hoodie Ork, oh Drake and Bjork, the Dreyork. Okay. Folks, we normally make you wait. We're gonna hit you with Drake first, but before we start, I want to let the fine folks know if you want to request an album to be reviewed on the show, like we'll be doing uh, here in probably just a few minutes, uh, <laughs> um, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko fi.com slash going off. That's G O I N O F F. And your request can be added to the queue, and we will review it in due time. RC, is this the worst Drake album we've ever had to listen to? Ah, uh, uh, this really just comes down to taste or or tasteless I guess it, it, it's, it's like it you is know, subjective certified, sure. certified lover boy was like corny out there for God's sake it had the lesbian line on it in 2021 you know like nothing reaches that low you know what I mean like but it it is so never reaches any heights that it becomes this thing where it's just like do you want uh boring and listless or trying and just wackadoo and that's what i was about to say nothing even comes close because he doesn't try you know first listening to it i was like okay you know it's gonna be a little bit of a mix of both but then you know you're kind of just seeing this album the album title honestly never mind in in these uh you know spray painted on the hood of someone's car letters <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like kind of seems like the oh is this like the response to the take care you know oh. uh, you know what i mean and, and it's like oh thank me later <laughs> honestly never mind you know like you know as you're listening to it they sound so like relatively bare bones that like it feels like it's just anticipating the remix culture that's going to happen to it, right? Where it's just like, oh, which one's going to pop off? Oh, well, I guess if that one pops off, then that's the song that I'm going to make, you know, my mm. couple million dollars to when someone remixes it for TikTok and it becomes a nice little sensation. But the thing about it is, like, yeah, and that's why they made the point. It's like, now, if none of these gets remixed by the, you know, hot uh, DJ of the day, that's when this album has honestly failed because it's so just trying to be these bare bones templates. The new review that I'm doing for the future Drake joint, I'm actually pretty positive towards it because I'm like, you know, you can still do a love song or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad, but it's like, it still has to have character and flavor to it. With so many of these, it just felt like, as I'm listening to it, it's just like, this needed another draft. This wasn't, like, I even wrote as I did my second draft over it, I was like, oh my god, we're already at the songs that I'm like, what in the world? Like, the freaking couch squeak song, the bed squeak song, get out of here! The specific uh, BPM that it's going. It just feels like slightly too fast, you know, like, and then it goes like, oh, half, uh, uh, do it at halftime, and then you go, it's just like, oh, come on. But it's such a, like, cheesy, like, laugh line. They're just like, wait, what are you doing? And it's like, it, like that's the one that I like. I don't see anyone touching that one because it's just so, like, silly off the top. And then, like, the gun cock thing. Like, what is this? Like, so we're, we're open on the bed and we're cocking guns, too. Like, <laughs> it's just so silly. Like, there were only two tracks I gave more than a three. Sticky? 
yeah, Sticky was the highlight of the fucking album. I was like, oh, oh, Drake, he's alive. He's alive. The beat on that, I really liked. Drake actually had a flow that was worth the shit. He didn't really have anything to say, but throughout this album, he doesn't really have anything to say on any of these songs. But I think it all came together pretty well. And just the fact that he started with the Homer hanging on my neck and it just like, I mean, I'm thinking of Homer Simpson. You gotta. <laughs> Drake, you gotta know this. And then, but I did like the line, like there was a whole bunch of slick shit, right? Like my brother named his Ting Neda. Let's stop all that back and forth over the net. Like, come on. Like, yeah, he's hitting you with some lines there. But like that fire that was in that song was just like so missing from anything else. And I'm not saying it has to exactly be that, but there's no, like the thing where you do, you know, where everyone knows you're not supposed to put two really slow songs back to back. Some of these, the track listing on this, like the songs get slower and slower and slower. It's like, oh my God, it's like the opposite of the Energizer Bunny. And the other song I enjoyed wasn't for Drake. (laughs) Which one was it? Tie the Binds. The Spanish guitars. Raymond or Ramon uh, Ginton on the guitar. I thought it set the song apart and gave it... It's a shame, though, that Drake is the least interesting thing about the song. And the album overall, honestly. Like, if someone were to take some of these songs and remix them, I don't know where you would start. I can't see a remix of any of these songs, regardless of who does it. Yeah, doing it still numbers, doesn't have its own life. But you can't shine the shit, man. It's still shit, regardless of what you put on top of it. Like Everything just feels like it needs a second. Like, you're dealing with me rough. You're dealing with me rough. Like, I was just Ugh. like, wait, that was the first? No. <laughs> when I say those are my two favorite songs, right? This was my experience listening to this album. I inadvertently had Spotify set to shuffle. It started on the intro, which is just 39 seconds of nothing, really. Yeah, not a good idea. (laughs) No. And then I think it jumped to, I don't remember which song it was, but I was like, whoa, that was super jarring. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I had it on shuffle. Let me, you know, turn that off, go back, listen to the intro again. And the transition between the intro and the next song was just as jarring as it would have been with any other song on the album. I started listening to it on Sunday, just on a whim, right? I was like, let me see what this Drake's album about. I made it a minute in to Falling Back, and I shut it off. I was like, I'm not taking notes right now. I'm not listening to this. Fuck this. Falling Back and Texts Go Green both got fucking zeros from me. Yeah. Am I going to end up shutting this fucking thing off and not even make it to the end? I can't tell what the plan is, what the point of the album is, because what we get besides like keyboard preset beats, essentially, is what sound like randomly generated lyrics don't they have those things now like drake type you know what would be a lyric that drake would make a song oh, and, as, and it just you know? takes every drake song ever puts it into an algorithm girl i'm really rich and i'm waiting for you and i've got money and i'm waiting for you girl but you cheated on me and you made my heart feel bad but i'm not concerned about it because i got a lot of money but it's just like oh my god 
So not only do we have paint by numbers lyrics, generic repetitive beats, but this is what sets it apart for me, I think, as being the worst Drake album I've ever listened to personally. This goddamn falsetto. It's fucking awful. It is the most off-putting sound he's ever attempted. This high-pitched singing he goes for when he's not just half asleep mumbling his lyrics at you. He then decides to wake up a little bit and tries to sing, and it sounds even worse. Like, I don't know what I'd prefer him do. What was that later track where it just feels like the whole thing is slowed down, and so, like, the effectiveness of the vocal is oh even my more God. jarring? Fucking liability. Yeah, and it's just like, guys, stop. At one point, there's, like, the super serial uh, guest vocalist that comes in for, like, a couple of seconds, but then it just goes back to his, you know, goofiness, and it's just, like, I hearing it done so awkwardly, and I'm just thinking, like, wow, man, you know, imagine Anderson Pack. Bruno Mars and a Donald Glover R&B album together. Like, mm. imagine the personality and color and fun that you would be having with those three personalities. Making love songs, sure, like, but still in a really, like, fun, creative, every other lyric is, like, a quotable, you know, sort of thing. With this, it's just like, I'm just getting nothing from this as an experience by itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, These placeholder I, tracks. Oh my god. Uh, keeper. A, a keeper. I'm sorry. Uh, oh god. We're back to my favorite new Drake trope. The okay, 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 okay. We got it on Too Sexy. I think the all right. Okay. Oh all yeah, right. sure. Okay. And now it's just. This is just his ad-libbing to hype you up for the real shit he's going to start spitting. And we get this extra warbly auto-tune on this track that is so obnoxious to me. And is this the one where he goes, I found a new muse or whatever? I think it might be, yeah. I was, I was thinking about using that as the intro as well. Like, <laughs> I, I found a new muse. <laughs> I think you're putting more inflection in it than Drake did, is the thing. <laughs> Calling my name. Oh, him. Oh, my God. Your pussy. His, so, oh, my. Dude, he was Your so pussy. trying to. He was so playing that uh, heavy Madonna trying to be in with the cool club kids vibe oh, scene. God. You know, look, I, I said pussy in my hook. Look, ooh, aren't I? You know what I mean? Like, it just feels so like, dude, get out of here. And with the the fact that it had that little side chainy thing, like going through the vocal effect, you know, the pussy is so good. It's like, what is, what is this? It's so sleazy. Yeah, oh, yeah something about Drake saying pussy was was really off-putting to me. Uh, and then the massive, the light Italo house piano chord thing going on, but still feels like it's like a bit of a placeholder. You know, it's got a bit of that little skip going on. But, uh, 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 but like, what are these lyrics? I, I know my funeral's gonna be lit because of how I treated people. <laughs> like, uh. that's, a, that's a heavy phrase. That's a lot. That, is... <laughs> that really is loaded. <laughs> What do you mean, Drake? <laughs> like, that's not necessarily a line that everyone can even really say, but what do you specifically mean by that? And, and it's just so heavy in conjunction with what he's saying before. Like, I don't know. It's just such a weird... It's 
so much of this is so rambly. Cause like it starts all like, yeah, I've been alone and my thoughts can't fill this void in between us. I cannot stand losing you, whoa, whoa. All these feelings intertwined, fighting the urge to reach out. Uh, and my stance remains on change. Man, sounds like there's a bit of tumultuousness going on here. You know what I'm saying? But then I was alone. I was alone in this world and I needed people. My funeral gonna be lit cause how I treated people. Wait, it is? It sounded like <laughs> there, there's some strained relationships going on. What? You know, like yeah. Flight's book, that was the most frustrating one where I was like, oh my God, hearing this like really cool sound and it sounds like the David Guetta, there's no place I'd rather be, you know, that, oh, that, that yeah, David yeah. Joy, really big sound. And I was like, oh man, you, you hear the getting late, where you want to be? And then I'm afraid, don't be, I'm afraid, don't be. And I was like, wow, this is getting a lot of emotion. From this sample song, I sure do want to hear the sample song. The Floetry sample on Flies Booked is so long that yeah. it felt egregious. Besides Tie the Binds and the the instrumental, which is really the only thing I liked about it, I've yeah. got like nothing to say about Overdrive, Downhill, Liability, or even Jimmy Cooks. Like, I'm never impressed by 21's features. Honestly, this is probably the best he's done in a long time, I thought. Wow. And I've noticed this. There was another song that, like, uh, Pharrell did where, like, they just put a whole bunch of really lively percussion and stuff around him and try to, like, just give him some energy. And, like, but he actually kind of comes, I feel, inspired off the beat and actually has a couple of lines here. Like, when he starts off where he's like, spin a block twice like it ain't nowhere to park. Smack his backside of his head like he bart. I fell in love with feeling dizzy, so I spizzin'. Got mad love for your boy, and that's my twizzin'. If the niggas keep on dissing, slide a gizzin'. Like, we the reason why the ops ain't got no prison. Like, that was kind of in that <laughs> Snoop Dogg, you're not saying anything, but this is, I'm having fun with the flow, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. What is 21 Savage up to? Damn, did you drive a project? Let me go see what that's up to. Because like with this, yeah, uh, as I heard the production, and the production actually wasn't that bad. I liked how it kind of like sped up with that little N.O. I did like the sound of it, yeah. But again, it just reminded me like, oh right, that was the last wave you tried to ride on, the N.O. Bounce thing. Yeah, remember that? Mm -hmm. Like, you know? So it's like, oh, here's a little bit from last time, but, but, but mostly I'm doing this new thing now, you know? Like, what did you walk away with? Uh, I give it a two out of five. Me too. <laughs> Going on from there, though, Dr. Goatman has brought us another treat. Once again. It's debut by Bjork. RC, what'd you think of your girl, Bjork? So, uh, just to give you my mini history, I've always been, and this feels weird, but like, afraid to listen to Bjork. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I totally understand that. I, and I don't want to cut you off, but that is a thing. Like, people people have been hyping up the weirdness of Bjork forever. And I want to say that probably the later albums, they do get weirder. Like, sure, maybe. like this is the debut. You can just look at the album cover. She's just standing there. She's got her hands on her face. Like, like you can tell she, it's being so real. Like this is just the picture that I'm taking when I first came to the studio in my yeah. anticipation. <laughs> you know? It's it's very demure. It's very unassuming. So this album is a really great entry point for Bjork because it's probably her at her most accessible. Yeah, and, and it, it, but it's still like. 
weird her like it was such a thing where i was oh, like as sure. i'm listening to it, it was like oh this so like the feeling that i got from this is like i feel like in, in the 90s i would hate the people that listen to this but i would love this like you know like <laughs> I, I like club music but i like i don't like like club music being all like too mainstream i like it to be a little weird you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like it would be that type of person but if i actually like so if i actually heard one of the singles i would be like jaded and be like oh my god who is this person you know yodeling on the song but then if i actually like you know was sitting down and then had a moment where I said, I'd be like, oh shit. Okay, I actually feel like going to the club tonight. Wait a minute, I hope I hear one of these. You know, like, yeah. you know, oh, I get it. Uh, uh, Ex-military, what the hell is the Death name grips. of the groups? Death Grips. Oh, because it's weird, you gotta like it. Like, I'm sorry, I don't necessarily like shit just because it's weird. You know, it's still gotta like gel with me, you know what I mean? So yeah. I came into this, I remember hearing one or two of her songs and having that similar feel of like, Oh, this is just the type of music that you just listen to and you just feel weird because it's just always throwing you off and disorienting you. And I'm like, I, I don't know how this feels just as a listening experience. I remember I heard one song. I think it was that she did with Timbaland producing it. And I was like, oh, Timbaland produced it. Well, that's got to be accessible. And then I like tried listening to it and watching the music video. And I was like, you know that feeling you get? I, I don't know how to describe it other than like, you know, you're seven years old and you're up late, like watching really experimental, weird music videos and one of those songs comes on and you're not like it's not horrifying but it's just so unsettling and you just don't know how to feel and process it that's what it felt like a lot of Bjork music was going to be to me it was going to be late night staying up late you know probably going to have nightmares about this music video and its imagery <laughs> you know what I mean that's what I thought I was going to get for music and then I listened to it and I was like oh man it's it's really nothing like that at all. It's actually very accessible. Because <laughs> like, you know, I remember seeing, you just see like the albums and the pictures and you know, her wearing the swan dress and you think it's going to be like this weird, everything's going to be in like, you know, seven, eight time. And like, it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and you know, I guess she's been able to do her thing ever since she was like a kid. So who knows how weird and bizarre she's gotten ever since that, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, you but you get into the story and it's like, it's so like, humanly accessible while still being weird like it's still like it hits you on both levels where it's like this doesn't sound like someone who's trying to be weird to be cool this feels like someone's like well this is how i wanted to do this and the 90s is popping and we're in the club you know and so i'm gonna do that but there's gonna be a time where maybe i'm gonna like sneak off to the bathroom you know like to hang out with my friend mm. or something like that like there's such cool character in in these dance songs that i hear here that i was woefully missing from our uh, first review today <laughs> You know what's funny, and I feel like this comes up a lot, this album, in a way, reminded me of the uh, Talking Heads album we reviewed last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that. It's a little weird, it's a little out there. A little eccentric. But the, so- but the songs fucking slap, and like it all just kind of comes together. And I've talked about this on the show before, that I'm not a big lyrics head. You know, I usually just listen to the song, and if it hits me, it hits me. <laughs> So, going through the lyrics for the first time with these songs, there have been times I've been listening to a Bjork song, and it's like, hmm, I get most of these lyrics, right? Oh, what does she say? I, I don't know what she says right there. And then you go on Genius, and it's like, oh, it's, it's literally gibberish. It's literally... It's the very definition of just vibin'. She's like, just spitting out random syllables, and it doesn't mean anything. Literally the new age dance club music version of corn. Just it's going <laughs> it's just put that on the other side. You know what I mean? It is kinda scatting, but like 
it's just singing in like like on Genius. It said it could be interpreted as like maybe being in another language. Like maybe she's singing in Icelandic. Yeah, that's the people hand. You know, you know, there's a lot of people that just probably thinking that like, oh, that must be that Icelandic. I don't know what their language it's, is called. It's like no, it's literally just gibberish. I was like, huh, okay. It works. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, it fits the vibe and it carries the feeling that I'm like that I'm currently and, experiencing with the song. So I'm cool with yeah. that. And also, just can we just talk about like if we can't talk about the lyrics for a second, though, because it's <laughs> like she hits so fucking hard out of the gate with this track called Human Behavior. where Ooh. She's like, so, you know, we're, we're, we're coming in. Oh, look at the weirdo Bjork and how she's like, you know what I mean? Like doing a song where <laughs> yeah. she's saying gibberish and things, things don't make no sense. But like the first song is all about how like there's definitely, definitely, definitely no logic to human behavior, <laughs> you know? And so just like, it's her like putting the mask on the world and saying like, yeah, no, but we kind of in a wider way in the grand scheme of things don't really make sense. So what the fuck are you looking at me on for? You know? Yeah, she she really does just hold up the fucking mirror and it's like, take a good look at your fucking self, my guy. Yeah. Oh my god, just so it looks like they're terribly, terribly, terribly moody. Oh, human behavior. Then all of a sudden happy. And uh, I think she just kind of j- gibberish. Yeah, she just goes off onto her own thing. Yeah, it's like, just like you, it just slides the point. into this point. Yeah, and it's like, oh, so ah, it's so good. There are no real low points on this album for me. I think the closest that might come to a low point is the last track, but that's only because it's like its own thing. You know, I wouldn't say that. I was actually saying the track before the last track. I felt like that one was the most generic feeling. Violently happy. Violently happy. Like, it was still pretty fun, but it was the one where I would say... Maybe this could be a single, but like, this is the single that you you throw up so that when you listen to the album, then you go, wow, that was the worst one. You know what I mean? Like, I think for Violently Happy, I think that might have had the strongest emotional delivery that kind of mm. carried it for me. Um, and I do like the lyrics to that one. The um, Violently Happy, I'm Getting Too Drunk. Violently happy. I'm daring people to jump off roofs with me. Yeah. Only you can calm me down. Like, whoa, holy shit. Mm. Like, the lyrics on this album are so. They're, they're very direct. She said, whenever she gets out of the gibberish, she's saying some very cutting shit. Like, it cuts to the chase. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say they're simply written because I don't want you to think, like, oh, you know, she's not saying a lot here. But th- the songs are very minimal. With, like, the word count. Well, what she gets across with what she says always works. Or a lot of the song just ends up being that fucking awesome dance beat, whatever song it is. Like, oh, yeah. Th- this album needs to get mentioned in quintessential like mid-90s. punk, uh, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. real, for real. I just don't think people would assume it if they don't know who Bjork is. Yeah, Like, they just think she's weird. They just look at her and think, oh, like... Yoko Ono, I've heard the right. I've heard the like stereotypes about Yoko, and honestly, folks, if you go back and listen to a lot of Yoko stuff, you're gonna be surprised that it's not as weird as you think it's gonna be either. Uh. It's just pop culture has a way of uh. making you think. Like someone on Saturday Night Live will do an impression of a celebrity, 
and they'll say something that honestly the person never said, uh-huh. but they'll say it in a way that you think the person said it all the time. Oh my god! And it's like so I had that moment with uh, Bjork here, where like you know I'm listening. Like the most I knew from Bjork was Alex Borstein's uh, uh, music there. Yeah, Alex Borstein's representation of her. So that's all I know her as, you know, does a voice and she goes like this. And, and it was so funny because I was listening to the first track. I'm like, wow, she definitely has a number. This is totally what it sounds like. But it's like, but I'm not laughing at it. Like, it's still like, but this is really good vocal delivery. Like, I'm not like, I'm not chuckling at this in the same way that like I would listen to like a Jewel song and then hear like Mo Collins do a, 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 an impression of her and then listen back into the jewels like like yeah she does kind of sound like that you know what i mean like with this it's like no i get it but it's so her style that like it's still cool anyway you know like you couldn't get her you couldn't you couldn't subvert it you know what i mean when i listen to it alex porstein doing bjork on mad tv i forgot that was even a thing <laughs> i just looked it up and she fucking got her look down right like with, like with the hair and and the little in like the little buns. Oh my it's god! Like, can, can I just tell you, Alex Borstein was like my first like freaking crush. I think like when I think about <laughs> it, because she's like this really funny chick. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> crying. Um, I don't have too too much to say about it. Um, I just really like the the sound of all of it. It's a little less gripping. It was just a solid when human I, behavior. Yeah, when I heard it starting, I, I had that moment of, oh, oh, we really in the 90s club scene. Like, uh, yeah. you can hear the 90s video game synth sounds and everything, you know? <laughs> There's a synth sound specifically in Crying where it's just like this dance beat going and then it's just like, huh, huh. And it's like, ugh. It's like kind of creepy. Yeah. The way just kinda, like it almost borderlines on like, horror video game soundtrack like what's going on here and then like like most of the album it's about like how she feels such strong emotions for someone whether she can be with them or not like that that's almost every song on here is kind of about that but it doesn't it, it's not samey. They don't run together in the way that you would expect right. them to. Yeah, like, okay, like, Venus is a boy. It's just so, like, as soon as we go from crying and you think you're settled into, oh, it's just 90s club vibes. Then you get Venus and the boy, like, oh, my God. Like, it starts off kind of feeling like it's just going to be simple 90s club vibes. But then as it just builds with the beauty of the music, as it's just luxuriating through the sound. I was just like, whoa, okay, what the fuck? Like, yo, the second the sitar starts coming in the background, it's mm. like, whoa, where are we going? And then there's, like, tablet like, going in the background. Like, there's so many worldly elements going on that it paints such a picture. It's like, holy shit, this is a fucking experience, this whole thing right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of unique experiences, though, um, there's more to life than this mm. recorded live at the Milk Bar Toilets. What? This song here. <laughs> milk Bar to- Wait, in D.C.? Maybe the Milk Bar from, uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just funny listening to the track, and I'm glad I, I, I noticed that, where it was just like, you know, you're listening to the song, like, oh, we're actually, in the- like, again, we, we just went up to the moon for a second, I guess, and then we just came right back down to the club, because it's still midnight, you know? And, uh, like, yeah, getting those run, little run club vibes, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, I feel like I'm, like, actually, like, hanging out. Like, I feel like straight up and down, you know, with all these movies that are about 90s, you know, uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Like, 
as I was listening to this music, I really feel like they were just like, oh my God, this club seems too weird. Let's hang out in the bathroom and do coke or something like that. And you know what I mean? And so like it, listening to the song, it feels like it actually has this moment of like, oh shit, are we, are we closed off or something? Are we about to do like a seven minutes in heaven or some shit? Like what's happening? <laughs> The way you hear, like, the like the genuine party noises going on in the background, like, people talking yeah. and music just kind of playing, and then you're just, like, you, you feel yourself getting up and being pulled away <laughs> right. from it, and suddenly you're in a small room, and it's just Bjork in you, and, you're, and y'all are just talking, and that's it, and it's, <laughs> like, and then we're, like, onto the street, which kind of blends into yeah. um, the next track oh my god has that too yeah and, and you know what I, I got that vibe of like oh th- this feels like the moment where because like she sounds like she's recording it like outside of the studio like she's like yeah. no we're, we're doing too much in the studio we've got to go outside of the studio and and you know like really take in new york and and wherever we're recording this you know it, it doesn't just feel like this would be one of those mtv like bjork is recording her next single outside the studio you know like Bjork is your substitute teacher, and she decided <laughs> we're going to have class outside today. Right, because you hear, like, it's buses, like, like, you know, decompressing, you know, as they, like, go down and, like, pick yeah. people up and shit. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where are we? And she's playing, like, this beautiful, beautiful uh, harp. I think she's playing harp, right? It's just harp and Bjork. That's it. On this song. Doesn't, like, randomly some violins come in, like, halfway through oh, or something? Oh, yeah, maybe. You might yeah. be right on that. It's yeah. just like, whoa. It, it feels like like she started just playing outside. Someone happened to record her. And then, the you know, the producer was like, yo, go, get the studio musicians. Go, go, get her out. Get, go outside. We're, <laughs> we're capturing a moment. <laughs> Big time sensuality oh, is this, a fucking mood. This is that sophisticated pop shit. Look. <laughs> Big sophisticated pop vibes. This has got a dope fucking beat. And Bjork just kind of, like, breaks it down with primal noises and screams at one point. Like, just feeling it, man. (laughs) It is big time sensuality, indeed. (laughs) It is hard not to feel, like, either happy or, like, because, like, a lot of these songs here, even when, like, Bjork is is talking about how she's, like, dealing with, like, missing someone or, or, like, any of these, like, you're not brought down by it. Like, every song is right. so fucking upbeat you, you and, like, lively. You feel like an early 90s bohemian chick. <laughs> yeah. According to Genius, the gurgling noises of a baby in the beginning of one day are not Bjork's voice twisted by effects and not Bjork's son's voice. It's actually a standard sample that can be found in Swedish Pampers commercials. Sort of like audio clip art. And I was like... Oh, so it's like that one children's laugh you hear in, like, every commercial? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, other countries have their own version of that, I guess? Their own stock baby sound? And I love that this is the the fake thing, like, you know, it was like, this feels like the most, like, oh my god, what a real moment, she's uh, letting us hear her child. No, 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 that was from another thing. I'm not gonna let you guys hear my child, that's weird. Like... There is a lot of moments here where I'm like, I find myself trying to critique the beat or something, and then I see like, oh, it sampled a thing, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to credit it too much if they're like lifting too much of a beat from something else, but then when I look into it, it's like just a very small element from a song is being used, and Mm. most of the beat is being created like 
from yeah. scratch. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, Nellie Hooper, I want to say, is the the only other writer and uh, producer listed on the album. Aside from oh. Like Somebody in Love, which right. is a jazz standard, which is a cover, or like the only cover oh, on the really? album. Yeah, I was unaware of that. that. that the, um, the way the lyrics sound, it feels like a Bjork written love song where it's just like, you know, this person who's that is the, that was the most manic pixie dream girl sounding song where it's just like I'm with this guy and it's like being in love. I don't know. I guess it kind of feels that way. She like twirls her skirt and kicks some rocks, you know, like I, I feel like Bjork can do a cover of any song and, <laughs> and it sounds like I would her. forget. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd be like, this is a Bjork song. Sure. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Why not? Cover Regina Spector. Yeah, sorry. This is a Bjork song now. This is <laughs> Oh, can someone please request a oh Regina God, Spector yes. album? <laughs> okay, I think Aeroplane was maybe the one I possibly liked relatively the least just because it doesn't all the way come together for me where like the jazz quartet that comes in it felt a little too disconnected from the rest of what was happening like the more juggling the, the more jiggling vibrating sound of the rest of the track you know he feels like you're like gliding through this jungle like with this prowling music to it and like the jazz quartet it felt uh, like up to this point everything that she was doing weird felt so much like but this is this girl's like honest to god like truth of how this is going this one felt like her you know uh uh uh, we're back at the observatory and like, and now the, the jazz players go, you know, like it didn't feel like it was really incorporated into what was into what the flow and vibe of the song was as much. You know what I mean? Not in the same way that I felt honestly, uh, that it fit with the anchor song at the end. At the end, I felt like that one fit the best where it was like, Oh, it's going really slowly and pulling you through this because, like, well, it's the anchor song. It's supposed to be showing you and like giving you this mood. You know what I'm saying? Like, in such a contrast to the jumpy, uh, like, vibing moments that we've had before. So I thought that the last one was actually a really good moment. And I think maybe yeah, Aeroplane and Violently Happy were like maybe kind of like my least favorite tracks. But uh, minus that, and uh, Come to Me, I thought was actually really dope. I thought I liked the epic exotic James Bond singer, you know, vibe that when I'd go for it. You know what I'm saying? That shit was so cool. I was like, how is that not in whatever the fuck, Pierce Brosnan 90s movie? <laughs> yeah. Mm. How they didn't tap Bjork for a fucking James Bond theme. Yeah. That's a giant missed opportunity. Yeah. I, I thought uh, Aeroplane and Come to Me were two super strong cuts. I really enjoyed Aeroplane. I liked the mix of just like, there's just birds and then there's like sax and drums, and then there's even more birds. Like there's so many birds yeah. on this song, and it had an attitude that doesn't really come up on the album too much. Um, a lot of the album is very subdued, and there are songs I've heard Bjork do where she's way more aggressive. And I guess I was hoping that would pop up more, but I'm guessing there might have been a you don't want to put people off too much you don't yeah, you don't want to yeah, scare yeah. people away like the debut uh Sinead O'Connor album it's uh I think it's called The Lion and the Lamb it has two covers one that's an international cover and one that it's a uh it's a United States cover the international cover is her just like screaming like she's making this face and she's screaming <laughs> the other album cover is very much like this album cover <laughs> where she's just kind of looking down, she's kind of got her hands on her face, and was told by the label, like, you need to look more reserved 
or wow. you're going to scare people away. Wow. And again, that Sinead O'Connor album is not really that out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you see someone screaming on the cover. It's like, oh, shit. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, it's not really that aggressive. And I guess maybe I was hoping for some of that more. So when there is a bit more attitude, it's like, ooh, yeah, give me that. But yeah, I, I dug the last four tracks here. Um, the Anchor song reminded me of a uh, of a They Might Be Giants song feel, almost. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. It's very simple. It's just a saxophone and her, and the saxophone kind of sounds like like the ship yeah, horn. Yeah, yeah. Very awesome. And I, I've actually, uh, a friend of mine has been getting me into, uh, uh, who's your boy, One Piece recently, so... Uh... Oh shit! Okay. Thanks, we got a fit. You sent me a meme a little while ago, and I didn't understand what it was about. It was like the gum gum thing, and I was just like, "All right, I mean that's a little wacky, but okay." You had a piece of gum gum. Yeah. Look, I seriously, that was one of those things where it's it's Fox Saturday morning. It's anime. RC's got to know what this is. <laughs> That's purely, purely why I sent it to you because it was like it made me laugh because I'd never heard the. I mean, I I'm not familiar with One Piece at all, uh, but hearing the American version of the theme song and it was just like he's bouncing away. It's like how did how was like how to do that? He ate a piece of gum gum. Uh, <laughs> I, was just, I was like, this is corny as hell. Have you seen but, uh, what was the, what was the name of that show? Uh, uh, the show with the drill, uh, the theme song, like, when they cut back to commercial, it always sounds like they're saying, row, row, fight the power. And I was just like, oh, what is, what are they saying here? Gurun Lagan, yes. Uh, you never watched that one? <laughs> no, I, I'm honestly not, not big on anime. Oh, look at you. I know. Well, what did you come out with this one? I give this one a four and a half. I walked away with a four. It's a really, really great album. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I just generally had more fours than four and a halfs. And sure. I, I don't think I had any here that, like, hit the five mark, but some came really close. All I can say is, I know we've already put it out there for Dr. Goatman with the David Bowie albums, yeah. and they've been pretty consistent on that with requesting the next in chronological order after we uh. review the last one. If you want to, re- if you want to request uh, post by Bjork the follow up, you'd be very I, welcome to that. Yeah, that's I'm a, up for that's it. That's a solid I, album too. I, I, I'm no longer afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid anymore. Do you hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Going Off. Uh, thank you so so much for spending your time with us and listening to our show. I hope you had fun. And if you enjoyed our segment talking about the Bjork album and there is an album that you think we would uh, have some fun listening to or you just want to hear our thoughts on it, like I mentioned earlier, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash going off this G-O-I-N-O-F-F to request an album to be reviewed on a future episode. I meant to mention this at the top and I hope you don't mind, but I got to let the folks know. Uh, I dropped what, in my opinion, might be my favorite video I've ever worked on. The uh, history of compilation albums and compilations in general that uh, your boy RC is featured in, along with a bunch of other people and a few people you might recognize uh, from the show and from YouTube. 
I'm really happy it's out there, and I want everyone to check it out if you haven't already, and let me know what you think. Arcee, you've got your own uh, Patreon and Kofi and Twitch and all that on your side, so let the people know what you've got going on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash RapCritic for uh, new uh, RapCritic episodes and the review a new podcast to get to hear those episodes early. Uh, so head on over there and you get to, you know, chat with, uh, uh, me and fellow fans on the RC Patreon Discord. And also you get to do the chat back sections where I'll, um, you know, if I'm talking about the song uh, of the day and I'll let you guys know, Hey, you know, this is what I'm going to be reviewing. What do y'all think? So, uh, the $5, uh, patrons get access to that. Um, as well as, uh, my own Kofi that I've got specifically for, uh, for the review a new podcast, as well as for people to do private, uh, requests. Uh, I, I've actually gotten a couple of people, uh, sending me private requests on Kofi.com slash rap critic. Uh, so, you know, give it to act like you want it. People want to know what my thoughts on their personal music is, you know, outside of like, you know, wanting to put, put them on blast on the show necessarily. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Twitch.tv slash rap critical is where I'm going to be doing some more of my streams going forward. Uh, I've been using it in conjunction with station head now. Cause I'm trying not to, you know, mm. get my, get my Twitch pulled. You know what I'm saying? Trying not to get no. any issues there. So I'm thinking like, Oh, Hey, yeah. just play the music on station head. And so it can be like, Hey, you can listen to it exactly what I'm listening to. If you go over there and you can just vibe out with the joints, you know, and plus that actually pays directly more into the artist's pocket uh nice. than, yeah beforehand so th that actually that's pretty uh dope way to go about it so you can come listen to me live at twitch or you can listen to the music and we're going to be doing streams uh of you know billboard stuff as well as uh album re album requests or or best of artist requests that y'all can send through you know so we get mm -hmm. everything percolated and popping in the extended rc universe <laughs> so get what it act like you want it uh and until next time motherfuckers uh this has been the Going Off podcast. I'm Rap Critic. And and, and I'm Muse. <laughs> We're just going full. Rick and Morty I'm just with. like, I'm just like, sure, go ahead. I, I go, go. Like, Are we just ending it now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's nothing else to say, really. I was just like, why not? We've <laughs> never, I don't think we've ever done it that way. <laughs> <laughs> We're going, it's happening, Ultra. <laughs> We're barreling towards the end. We'll be off next week, but we will be back after that with who knows what. Maybe maybe requests, maybe something new. Beyonce released something. I don't know what the release date is. I'm sure it's not going to be two weeks from now. But whatever it is, we'll be back with it, and we'll be back with another episode of Going Off. But until then, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and... Alex Borstein, you're so divine. Just had to put your name on my rhyme and do what you like. Da -da 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 -da. And, and Fran Drescher and Jennifer Tilly and Joey Lord Adams, all you scratchy voice 90s hot chicks, holla at me. I'll be your baby. Uh, what, what's the word? Where, where it's like the opposite of uh, Sh sugar, sugar baby. baby yeah, or whatever. yeah. <laughs> holla at me is all I'm saying. Just, you know, I got I had to throw it out there just in case, you know. You know just had to throw it out there. I'm at all of them yeah. in the tweet. <laughs> no. You're going to get at least one DM. <laughs> I promise you. It, 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 look, you ain't never going to hear about Rap Critic ever again. Shit. Jennifer Tilly, <laughs> she's got fucking Simpsons money. She, she divorced that Sam Simon dude. Oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> you ain't never going to oh, see no. nobody going the way I'm going to be going. <laughs>